Welcome to the American Families of Faith Project audio article series. These audio articles are written, read, and recorded by Lauren Marks and Dave Dahlheit, co-directors of the American Families of Faith Project at Brigham Young University. Each article has previously been published in various online newspapers and magazines. Visit AmericanFamiliesOfFaith.byu.edu to learn more. Hello, friends, and welcome to the American Families of Faith podcast series. This is audio article number four, co-authored between myself and Dave Dalahite. It's entitled, Understanding the Relationship Struggles in Religious Households, and is based on an article that we originally wrote for Meridian Magazine, published April 4th, 2018. Good to have you with us. Religion both helps and harms individuals and families is illustrated in history, contemporary events, and the personal experience of those who engage in lived religion. One phenomenon we have recently identified and explored in our interviews with 200-plus American families of faith is that religion both generates and helps with what we call relational struggles in families. Although the majority of our work focuses on how religion often helps, in this article we investigate what the 200 religiously and racially diverse families we have interviewed have taught us about the first half of this duality, that religion is associated with and may even create several relational struggles and problems when we do not live our faith out wisely. Relational struggle number one, burdens. Our participants frequently discussed religious burdens that reflected feelings of failure and inadequacy in fulfilling religious expectations pertaining to relationships and the pressures of being obligated with religious responsibilities concerning relationships. Thus, they included both an intrapersonal and an interpersonal dimension. Burdens included two subcategories, inadequacies and obligations addressed and illustrated next. First, inadequacies. Quote, we fall short all the time, end quote. The inadequacies struggles reflected expressions by the participants regarding worry about failure or actual failure to fulfill religious responsibilities and expectations or failure to be a good example to family members. Included were expressions of parents talking about their children not living up to religious standards or about making unduly high demands of their children. Also included were expressions about accountability to God regarding family relationships. Religious requirements of relationships included how family members were expected to interact with and or teach other family members, especially children. Patty, a Pentecostal Native American mother, expressed difficulty in living up to expectations to raise her children with religious teachings. She said, The Bible says to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is older he will not depart from it. We try to make sure that we show our children the principles of God and the way that God would handle things, but we fail constantly. We fall short all the time, and we're just like any other parents. Sometimes we don't know if we're doing the right things or not. We struggle with this, what we should or shouldn't do. It's hard because especially if they're getting older, they're wanting to go their own way. Trying to keep them under God's word and the way he would have you do it, it's pretty essential, but it's hard. 
Elsu, a husband, and Wachiwi, a wife, Christian Native Americans, similarly explain how they are accountable for whether or not their children are Christian. Elsu, the husband, said, Our biggest challenge, our biggest commission on earth is to ensure the salvation, to ensure that our children are Christians. Wachiwi, wife and mother, said, Because we will be held accountable for that when it is all said and done. A husband named Meng and his wife, Mei Fen, Chinese Christians, give another example of inadequacy, but instead of parenting, they refer to their marriage. Mei Fen, the wife, said, In God's eye, our sin is pride and jealousy. The marriage which God wants us to have is complete love and submission to God. Meng, the husband, then said, But we are insufficient. The above accounts of feeling inadequate are among the 106 relating to being burdened, often by feelings of guilt or inadequacy. Next, we discuss the burdens-related struggle of obligations. Obligations, quote, a heavy responsibility, end quote. The accounts in this sub-theme differed slightly because their focus was not on an inability to live up to expectations, but seemed to be on the burdens felt because of the obligations religion placed on families. Many of the participants' accounts associated with this struggle used language including difficult or heavy responsibilities. For example, Ali, an Arab-American Muslim father, explained, Islam taught me that my children are not my children. They are a gift from God, and he loaned them to me, and that's a heavy responsibility. Candace, an Episcopalian mother, discussed how the burden of teaching religion to her children exerted pressure on her. She said, I have put a lot of pressure on myself to try to teach religion. The mistake that I have made in the past is trying to teach something that has to be experienced. In some ways, doing so created a counter to that, a rebelliousness to that. Some of those we interviewed sometimes felt that the religious teaching required of them was either unpleasant or difficult. Gabriella, a conservative Jewish mother, said, One challenge is that I have to teach our children about our history and the history of Jewish persecution. That's not something that I look forward to. I have talked to them about the Holocaust, and those discussions will go on for a lifetime at different levels. In addition to the obligation to teach, the obligations struggle often involved religion causing a family member to neglect the needs of another family member, such as when church assignments took time away from family. Yuan, a Christian Chinese husband, said, Sometimes we have too much service. It becomes a big burden, which may be harmful to a family. To be a good person outside, but to do nothing at home, may be harmful to a marriage. Aaron, a Lutheran husband and father, explained how a poor balance between church and family sometimes happened in their family. He said, We struggle sometimes with being overcommitted in the church, where we're spending more time there or devoting our time there rather than to each other in home life. At times, we find ourselves getting so wrapped up into that, it's like a drug. Having discussed the burdens struggle with the concepts of inadequacies and obligations, we move on to another frequently reported struggle, disunities. 
Relational struggle two, disunities. Disunities involve feeling in conflict with others or separated from others. We've divided the disunities accounts into two concepts, conflict and separation. Conflict will be discussed first. Conflict, quote, religion was the cause of these conflicts, end quote. Express struggles ranged from minor conflicts to divorce, and many of these conflicts seem to stem from differing beliefs or religious opinions. For example, Fadila, an Arab-American Shia Muslim mother, expressed how conflict arose due to differing beliefs in her own marriage. She said, In our ten years of marriage, the most tumultuous years were the first two and a half, and religion actually was the cause of these conflicts, because we have, in certain areas, quite different religious interpretations. Others told about experiences of other family members. For example, Cordell, an African-American Christian husband, explained, My dad was not a believer. He pretended to be one till he married my mother, and then he didn't go to church for the next 50 years. They were married for 50 years. So it was real difficult because my mom was a preacher's kid. She did everything she could faith-wise and was successful to a certain degree. But it, meaning the marriage, was chaos. It was crazy. Some participants mentioned religion-related conflict being a current issue. An Episcopal father and son expressed how differing opinions about the importance of going to church versus participating in sports had generated conflict in their family. Dustin, the dad, said, We would have conflict there in this family. Ryan, the son, said, My mom wants me to go to church, and my dad, depending on the sport, would want me to go to the sport. We'd be split, and there'd be a brawl between them. Having briefly explored the struggles about within-family conflicts associated with religion, we now turn to a slightly different disunity struggle, which is a feeling of separation. Separation, quote, we weren't on the same path, end quote. Another type of disunity was feeling separated from others. These accounts resemble the conflicts accounts in that many of the challenges stem from having different beliefs. However, these struggles do not seem to produce conflict. Rather, the main focus of this struggle is the difference itself. Miriam, a convert to Judaism, gave an example of separation between herself and her sister and brother-in-law because of differing religious beliefs. She said, My sister will think that I've given up going to heaven. She is very religious, married to a very odd fanatical. I'm not sure what you would call his religion, but they would say that I have given up salvation or going to heaven because I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. They think I've given up all hope of getting to heaven. Religion-based conflict was not limited to extended family. It was often marital. Many couples stated that if a wife and husband had differing beliefs or levels of commitment, this can generate distance and disunity in the marriage. One husband expressed how different levels of commitment caused marriage stress and disagreements. Even so, in one interesting interchange, Hannah, speaking to her Jewish husband Eli, said, But wasn't this actually, without our knowing it, all part of Hashem's, God's, plan? You know, we didn't like it. We suffered because we were unhappy, because we weren't on the same path, right? But obviously, 
This was how it was intended to work itself out, so that instead of you and me going divergent roads over it, we had to work together and find a place where we could be comfortable with each other and build a Jewish home together. Having discussed the two sub-themes of the disunity struggle, conflict, and separation, we now move on to discuss the third struggle that emerged, abuses. Relational struggle number three, abuses. Feelings captured and reflected in the abuses account included inferiority, force, domination, abuse, threat, teasing, and persecution. We present the abuses account in connection with two concepts, domination and persecution. Domination, quote, I was the king, end quote. Domination struggles included reports of feeling dominated, forced, inferior, or required to submit. The focus in these accounts seemed to be on issues of power and mainly pertain to parent-child relationships or husband-wife relationships. The parent-child struggles primarily revolved around parents forcing their children to participate in religious activities. Aban, an Arab-American Muslim father, explained how they avoided this because of other poor examples they had seen. He said, You don't want to force people to accept what you think is true. Hopefully, we present our faith in a way that she, our daughter, enjoys it and she accepts it by heart. We have seen in some settings that the parents are very harsh in terms of how they teach religion to children. That environment is not accommodating towards children's needs, and we don't believe that is how it is supposed to be done. Nobody can keep their children in a religion. Other accounts in the domination sub-theme focused on husband-wife relationships. One example was given by Darian, an African-American Christian husband. He said, I didn't see it. I guess initially I found myself at some point getting into a religious movement where it was becoming more ritualistic versus spiritual. I believed that this was God-ordained, that I was the leader, the priest, the king of the house, that I was called up to raise my children. I was the king, and I thought, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In this case, Darian the father suggested that he allowed his religious beliefs to motivate him to think that he held a position of sovereign authority. In retrospect, Darian regretted his previously overzealous and dominating attitude and behavior involving his approach to religion and family. With these examples offered, we move now from domination to persecution. Persecution, quote, be ready for the verbal attack, end quote. The persecution accounts focused on feeling attacked, harassed, teased, and or manipulated. While persecution may often come from outside the family, here we focus on inside the family examples in which family members attacked or harassed other family members because of religion. For example, Melinda, a charismatic Episcopalian mother, said, There's so many questions from so many family members. We have to be ready for the verbal attack. Other examples involved using religion as manipulation, such as the following from Jewish parents Zachary and Ruth. Zachary alluded to how this appeared in his childhood, and Ruth, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, revealed how this has appeared and does appear in her own parenting. Zachary said, Well, I know one, for me, a really specific one. I purposely 
don't use guilt as a motivator. And that probably comes from a reaction to my own religious upbringing. Ruth, his wife, said, well, that's okay, because I'm filling in that void for you. Having discussed the domination and persecution aspects of the abusive struggle, we now move to the fourth and final struggle, offenses. Relational struggle number four, offenses, quote, it hurt my parents, end quote. Reports of relational offenses, often associated with misunderstandings, typically involved extended family members outside the faith or with divergent beliefs and practices from the interview participants. Accounts coded as offenses varied, but often reflected emotional pain resulting from insensitivity, misunderstanding, judgment, or perceived violations, including sharp differences in religious belief or practice. Seth, a Jewish husband, reported, Two of my brothers married persons outside of the faith, and I don't think they'll have much religion of any sort now. I mean, my parents love them very much, but it hurt my parents, meaning when his siblings married outside of the Jewish faith. Seth later explained, When we are all sitting around at the ritual-filled holidays, there's a certain framework for life and marriage in Judaism. They, the non-Jewish family members, just don't get it. These accounts indicate that offense, or at least emotional pain, likely was experienced by multiple members of the extended family in such contexts, including not only Seth and his parents, but also his brothers and their wives. Whether intended or incidental, the struggles of pain and offense can be associated with religion within families. Conclusion The average number of relational struggles mentioned by the families we interviewed was 8.3 per family. Interestingly, these families had all chosen to be highly involved in their faith communities, devoting significant time, energy, and money to their religion. Thus, these families confirm the proposition that even many relatively happy and functional families of faith, i.e. exemplars, experience relational struggles, and some of these struggles are generated or exacerbated by religion. Most people would understandably try to avoid the struggles we have studied, yet our data indicate that the vast majority of the families in our sample, 89%, have experienced and or do experience these struggles. Why do these families choose to remain actively religious if doing so is associated with relational struggles? One explanation is that religion both generates and addresses and may even resolve a variety of struggles, including relational ones. Religious beliefs, practices, and communities offer various ways for adherents to frame and understand trials and afflictions, namely as a punishment for sin, a crucible that purges baser motives, a way to learn humility, a path to holiness, a way to show love to God, or as a way to develop moral virtues, among other possibilities and interpretations. In conclusion, living and loving a religious faith is not without myriad challenges, costs, and struggles. Those who strive hardest to live and love their faith are not exempt from these struggles. 
Struggles, however, can build personal, marital, familial, and spiritual strength. As we consider these exemplary families who still experience difficulties associated with their respective walks of faith, we are reminded of the wisdom of the Jewish luminary Viktor Frankl's perspective. Rooted in a life of profound religious and existential struggles, including surviving Nazi concentration camps. Frankel wrote, What man actually needs is not a tensionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal, a freely chosen task. If architects want to strengthen a decrepit arch, they increase the load which is laid upon it, for thereby the parts are joined more firmly together. Our friend and colleague, Jonathan Sandberg, has observed that our Heavenly Father seems to be far more concerned with our growth than He is with our comfort. Although most of us would choose to avoid struggles, perhaps learning how to unite and draw strength from each other and our shared Father as these struggles arise is an essential part of our eternal growth. Thank you for joining us here on audio articles number four with American Families of Faith. We look forward to joining with you next time. Doctors Dave Dollahite and Lauren Marks are both professors in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. The American Families of Faith project shares research-based ideas about ways of making faith come alive in marriage and family life.